Hello and welcome to episode 420 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Tuesday, January 24th, 2023 in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain a good death by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O Mary, how shall I die? Even now I think of my sins and of that decisive moment on which my salvation or eternal damnation depends, of that moment in which I must expire and be judged. I tremble and am confounded. O my most sweet mother, my hopes are in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thy intercession. O comfortress of the afflicted, do not then abandon me. Cease not to console me in that moment of so great affliction. If I am now so tormented by remorse for sins committed, the uncertainty of pardon, the danger of relapse, and the rigor of divine justice, what will become of me then? Unless thou helpest me, I shall be lost. Ah, my lady, before death obtain me great sorrow for my sins through amendment and fidelity to God during the remainder of my life. And when my last moment arrives, O Mary, my hope, help me in the great distress in which I shall then be. Encourage me that I may not despair at the sight of my sins, which the devil will place before me. Obtain that I may then invoke thee more frequently so that I may expire with thy most sweet name and that of thy beloved son on my lips. Nay more, my lady, but forgive my boldness. Before I expire, do thou come thyself and comfort me with thy presence. Thou hast granted this favor to so many of thy devout servants. I also desire and hope it. I am a sinner, it is true. I do not deserve so great a favor, but I am thy servant. Love thee and have full confidence in thee. O Mary, I shall expect thee. Do not disappoint me of this consolation. At least if I am not worthy of so great a favor, do thou help me from heaven, that I may leave this life loving God and thee to love thee eternally in paradise. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. Once again, I'd like to look at the prayers for the chair of the unity, or excuse me, the uh, chair for the octave of Christian unity for January 24th, that the Jewish people come into their inheritance in Jesus Christ, that they all may be one as thou father in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. I say to thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, who didst say to thine apostles, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Look not upon my sins, but upon the faith of thy church, and vouchsafe unto her that peace and unity which is agreeable to thy will, who livest and reignest, God forever and ever. Amen. The prayer for the Jews. Let us pray. Let us pray for the unbelieving, perfidious Jews that the Lord our God may take away the veil that blinds their hearts and that they may acknowledge Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. O God, who dost also manifest thy omnipotence by mercy and compassion, listen to the prayers we offer up for the enlightenment of the unbelieving, perfidious Jews, that they may acknowledge the light of thy truth, which is Christ, and may be saved from their blindness. Grant, we beseech thee, all-powerful God, that the remnant of the Jewish people may walk in the way of salvation, and by following the preaching of the blessed John, thy precursor, 
they may safely come to him, whom he foretold, Jesus Christ, thy son, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Most sweet Jesus, redeemer of the human race, turn thine eyes of mercy toward the children of that race, once thy chosen people. Of old, they called down upon themselves the blood of the Savior. May it now descend upon them a laver of redemption and of life. Amen. Let us pray. God of goodness and Father of mercies, we beseech thee through the Immaculate Heart of Mary and by the intercession of the patriarchs and holy apostles to look with compassion upon the remnant of Israel so that they may come to a knowledge of our only Savior, Jesus Christ, and share in the precious graces of redemption. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostri. Amen. Okay, my friends, once again, we are going to look at the website sisterlucytruth.org because there is a mountain of evidence that 1967 or thereafter marked a turning point for Sister Lucy not being in public at the 50th anniversary of the Fatima apparitions, an imposter was there. And thereafter, the interviews that were conducted with Sister Lucy was not Sister Lucy at all, but a fake Sister Lucy. That may seem strange. It may seem unbelievable. The word I've been using time and again here on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast is nefarious. We want to get to the bottom of who did this? Why did they do it? Well, why did they do it? I think, of course, in large measure was to cloud, obscure the full message of the mess, the um, the full message of Fatima, which is for repentance, belief in the gospel, the consecration of Russia by the Pope and all the bishops of the world, to the Blessed Mother's Immaculate Heart, the extension of the five first Saturdays devotion. Sister Lucy, the actual Sister Lucy, kept calling over and over again for the consecration and the need for repentance. And this new Sister Lucy seems to think that, well, everything in the world is going pretty well, but there must be absolute 100% obedience to the Pope in everything that he does. Absolutely not. The Pope is not impeccable. He is infallible when he's speaking specifically about faith and morals. For the universal church. He's not infallible in every interview that he gives. He's not infallible, obviously, in every thought that he has, every conversation that he has. Absolutely not. And in the present pontificate, we've seen this problem, this ultramontane tact of every utterance coming from the Pope's mouth has to be believed as gospel truth. That kind of started with John Paul II. And if you want to go back to the late 1800s, St. John Henry Cardinal Newman predicted this after Vatican I. He would agree wholeheartedly that the Pope is infallible. 
when speaking on matters of faith and morals for the universal church that was defined infallibly at, at Vatican I, but Cardinal Newman worried about exactly what we have going on in the church today. You have Catholic apologists who will defend literally anything that Pope Bergoglio says, anything. And he has attacked the traditional Latin mass. He's attacked women uh, who have a lot of children, just these insane things that this Pope says. So we have to continue to pray for him. We have to continue to pray for all the bishops. And we have to understand that these men are not impeccable. They are weak, sinful men, just like any other man. They need our prayers. That's why at the end of every episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, I call for prayers and sacrifices for all of our Catholic bishops and will continue to do so because it's obvious that many of them have given in to the enemy. They need to repent and believe in the gospel just like the rest of us. This section from Sister Lucy Truth is called The Evidence. Overview of the current evidence. And once again, this was published initially in 2019. One, multiple facial recognition analysis supports, excuse me, reports conducted by leading experts in the field include an analysis by a facial super recognizer. Two, plastic surgeon report by world-class plastic surgeon. Three, forensic art analysis by one of the world's foremost forensic artists. Four, handwriting analysis by a leading forensic handwriting expert who has provided a sworn declaration along with his analysis. Five, dental analysis by a senior lecturer in periodontics. Note, we will discuss the handwriting analysis at the end because the other reports focus only on Sister Lucy's physical appearance. And I think you will see as we go through this that the evidence is overwhelming, that there's a great case for an imposter, Sister Lucy. Dental report, Dr. Rude Karsten. Dr. Rude Karsten is a senior lecturer at the Radboud University College of Dental Sciences in the Netherlands. Dr. Karsten's specialty is periodontics, the branch of dentistry concerned with the structures that support the teeth. Background, biographical history. Sister Lucia one, in other words, the real Sister Lucy, had her upper teeth removed over the course of 1948 due to a severe inflammatory disease and replaced with an acrylic denture. Her dentist at the time was Dr. Alcino Magales. Report findings. Based on the limited photographic evidence and the fact that both Lucys seem to have artificial teeth, Dr. Karsten concludes it is not possible to distinguish Lucia 1 from Lucia 2, at least based on an analysis of the teeth alone. However, Dr. Karsten notes the distinctly different shapes of the lower jaw of both Lucys. He notes that the extent of the difference between the two Lucys cannot be explained only by aging or by dentures and must therefore be a natural, that is, genetic difference. Based on this significant difference alone, Dr. Karsten is confident that there are two sister Lucys. In a private email, he wrote, quote, Yes, for sure. Overall, I hold that there are two Sister Lucias, the one who saw the Virgin Mary in 1917 and the other who attended the 50th anniversary of the Fatima apparitions, which was in 1967, she being the Lucia who died in 2005, end quote. Conclusions. If Dr. Karsten 
has concluded that age and dental surgery cannot account for the different appearances of the two sister Lucy's jaws, but that it must be a natural difference, then the most reasonable conclusion is that we are dealing with two different people. A possible objection, plastic surgery. Couldn't plastic surgery alter the appearance of the jaw? There will be a difference of opinion among two of our later experts, the plastic surgeon and the forensic artist. The plastic surgeon believes that a chin implant could account for the different appearance, but the forensic artist will deny this and further add, even if it such a drastic change could be even if such a drastic change could be achieved through plastic surgery, there would be no reason to offer it, nor would anyone desire it. We will return to this later. Plastic surgeon report. Dr. Julio Garcia. Dr. Julio Garcia is a world-class certified plastic surgeon. He was recognized by the International Association of Plastic Surgeons as a leading physician of the world and named a top plastic surgeon in the Las Vegas area in 2016. He is also the physician leader for the medical team attached to the Las Vegas SWAT team. Report findings. Dr. Garcia was given an extensive set of photographs showing Sister Lucy as a child, as an adult, and in her 1967 and post-1967 appearances. He states that he is, quote, very confident they are not the same individual, end quote. He further states that the young Sister Lucy and pre-1960 Sister Lucy are the same individual. He also believes that the 1967 and elderly Sister Lucy are the same individual. Inconsistent chin. Dr. Garcia notes that the chins of Sister Lucy 1 and 2 are totally inconsistent. As one ages, the chin becomes less prominent over time. Yet clearly the chin has become far more prominent in the post-1967 Sister Lucy. Dr. Garcia tellingly argues that the different chin cannot be explained either through aging or dental work, which is exactly the same thing that Dr. Karsten reported independently of Dr. Garcia. Garcia notes that one way the chin could change in this manner would be through a chin implant. But then the question is, why would Sister Lucy ever need, or even more, want a chin implant? The only other explanation that Dr. Garcia suggests is a genetic difference, exactly as Dr. Karsten concluded, which means we're dealing with two different people. Different eyelids. Dr. Garcia notes that the pre-1967 and post-1967 Lucy's have different eyelids that cannot be explained by the aging process. He notes that when comparing the real Sister Lucy to the elderly one, the appearance of the difference is stronger evidence. However, the difference in the eyelids between the 1967 and elderly Sister Lucy is explainable by aging since they are relatively consistent in appearance, indicating that they are the same person. Different eyebrows. The eyebrows are too different to be explained by age. Dr. Garcia notes the distance should shorten, not lengthen, as a person ages. But the distance between the eyebrow and eyelash is longer in the fake sister Lucy, not shorter, which is the opposite of what should happen with aging. Features explainable by aging. Nevertheless, Dr. Garcia notes that the changing angle and thickness of the eyebrows between the real and fake sister Lucy's can be explained by aging. Additionally, the thinner lips in the post-1967 Lucy's is, Lucy's is explainable by age and therefore inconclusive in Dr. Garcia's expert opinion. Noses. Dr. Garcia notes that the noses appear to be different 
but said more photos would need to be analyzed before a certain conclusion could be reached. Conclusions. Dr. Garcia backs up his analysis by stating, all of the following opinions set forth above are stated to a reasonable degree of medical probability. This isn't armchair conspiratorial gut feelings, but stated by a medical professional and with a reasonable degree of medical probability. What is the best explanation for these differences? Dr. Garcia himself believes there are two individuals and places his professional reputation on the line. Forensic art. Lois Gibson. Lois Gibson is one of the world's foremost forensic artists. She holds the 2017 Guinness World Record for most identifications by a forensic artist. She has helped Houston police solve 1,266 cases alone. She has authored a standard textbook in forensic art. Gibson also received dental training at the University of Texas Health Center, Health Science Center in San Antonio. In a private email, Mrs. Gibson stated, even one of these, meaning forensic reports, is a complete confirmation. I could have done many more. Any one of the three is conclusive, so I sense this is totally convincing. Report findings. After analyzing photos of the two sister Lucys, Gibson states that the two sister Lucys have, quote, completely different facial, facial structures, end quote, and therefore that, quote, it is impossible these are the same woman, end quote. Note that in the following forensic reports, uh, A refers to pictures of the pre-1967 Lucy and B refers to the post-1967 Sister Lucy. Below we quote her analysis in full. Profile comparison. Our Lady of Fatima Nun comparison one. Number one, the foreheads show much different underlying frontal bones. The superciliary arch of B protrudes forward much more than A. Two, the noses are a different shape, with B having a larger, rounder, and more downward-angled tip, which cannot be explained by cartilage growth. B, the philtrum, distance from the top of the nose to the top edge of the top lip, is longer on A than B. The lips on A are thicker and narrower on the horizontal plane than B, with A's bottom lip protruding forward much more than B. Dentures, should they be involved, would replicate the pre-existing dentition and thus not cause such a drastic difference. Four, the horizontal mental indention below the bottom lip is wider on the vertical plane on A and indents deeper below the bottom lip on A than on B. Number five, the mental protuberance, i.e. the chin of B, projects forward to a drastic extent far different from the mental protuberance of A, which recedes below the bottom lip. There is no plastic surgery that could accomplish this, nor would it be offered or desired. Facial comparison. Our Lady of Fatima Nun comparison two. Number one, the nasal bone of A is narrower than B. This causes the eyebrow hair growth to occur closer together in the horizontal center of the superciliary arch of A compared to the wider apart brows of B. Number two, the eyes are closer together due to one above. Number three, the bottom third of the nose is narrower in A compared to B. The nostril holes of A are rounder, more visible when viewed frontally, and these holes and those holes are closer together on A than on B. The nasal holes of A are a different shape than the nasal holes of B. Number four, A's philtrum, the distance from the bottom of the nose to the top edge of the top lip, 
is longer than B's philtrum. And number five, the lips of A are narrower on the horizontal plane than B. The top lip of A is wider on the vertical plane than B's top lip. The bottom lip of A is thicker on the vertical plane and protrudes further forward beyond the horizontal indention below the lips compared to B. Next section, inconsistent chin. Our Lady of Fatima nun comparison three. A and B are shown at a much different age in this photo comparison. Even taking that age difference into consideration, the drastic lighting shows that B's mental protuberance of her mandible is larger and thrusts much farther forward from her facial plane than A. The aging process would cause the mandible to shrink, not grow larger. Said more simply, the chins of A and B have a drastically different shape. This drastic difference in the mandible area shows these cannot be the same individual. There is no plastic surgery that would make A's chin look like B's chin. Differences described in one through five in Our Lady of Fatima Nun comparison two also hold true in the above individuals, even considering the large age difference and the presence of glasses on B. It must be noted this writer has successfully reconstructed faces with only the skulls of unidentified murder victims and has written a textbook about this subject, which was called Forensic Art Essentials, published in 2007. Conclusions. Regarding the shape of the chin, two experts in their respective fields are at odds whether plastic surgery could produce the kind of difference that exists between Sister Lucy 1 and 2. However, Gibson adds that even if it were possible, why would it be desirable if it produces such a drastic difference in appearance compared to the real Sister Lucy? The most reasonable explanation, according to both experts, regardless of the possibility of a chin implant, is that we're dealing with two different individuals. This conclusion is based not just on the issue of the chin, but the accumulation of all the other physiological factors analyzed by both professionals. It should be repeated that up to this point, three different experts have all independently affirmed the same basic points regarding the drastic differences in appearance between the Sister Lucys. Not only that, they have also all independently denied that aging and dental work could cause the sorts of differences seen. This is one of the most frequent objections you will find online or in, dis in discussions. Aging accounts for these differences. Dental work accounts for the differences. No, three different medical experts, two of whom have formally studied dentistry, deny these as reasonable explanations. These are no longer tenable explanations of the drastically different appearances of the Sister Lucy's. And on tomorrow's episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, we will get into more medical evidence of how it's impossible that this could be the same woman. These are obviously two different women. Let us conclude by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, located on the web at halo-soma.org. That's H-A-L-O hyphen S-O-M-A dot org. And also episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast in which I interview my sister and my wonderful niece about RPM. What is RPM? It's an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, which is a system of communication using a letter board to aid non-speakers in communicating just as 
Braille was a revolutionary breakthrough for helping the blind, helping them to be able to read. And just as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf in order for them to be able to communicate, so RPM has been a revolutionary breakthrough for non-speakers. Communication is a human right, my friends. We need to get the word out there. My niece is a comprehensive genius. I don't use that term lightly. She is brilliant at composing music, at mathematics, at languages, all sorts of different things that we would not have known at all were it not for RPM, sometimes called typing to talk or spelling to communicate. It's all basically the same thing. So we want to get the information out there. Once again, please check out that episode 277 and on the web, halo-soma.org. Let us now pray for help and for healing for our non-speaking friends and family members. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto you, my spiritual father, and beg your protection. O foster father of the Redeemer, despise not my petitions, but in your goodness hear and answer me. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. The three Hail Marys, in honor of the immaculate purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae, Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Yosef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli, ora pro nobis. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicutera in Principio et Nunc et Semper et in Secula Seculorum. Amen. Nomina Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 420 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. Most importantly, please offer up prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. Goodbye and God love you.